Welcome to the Bomb Squad Podcast, where we talk about movies such as Raiders of the Lost Ark. We're going to talk about this movie. Have lots of fun. Hi, I'm Tanner Richard Kraft. Hi, I'm Austin Zwiebelman. I'm Joseph Rennick. I'm Tim M. Sullivan. And today, as you can tell by my horrible rendition of the Raiders of the, of the Indiana Jones theme, we're talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, it turned. Hey, uh, hey, if, Tanner, if, what? At least you did this at a more appropriate time than you did than I did on the, <laughs> bop, the uh, Batman stream. <laughs> This is fucking Batman. At least Jesus you did it for Christ. something Indiana Jones related. <laughs> now we are talking. We are talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark because if memory, if, if memory serves me right, this one's going up the day it turns forty, or like just the day before. Fortieth anniversary of Raiders of the Lost Ark, one of the greatest, most iconic action movies ever made. I am very, very, very excited to talk about it. Normally, I would open up these podcasts asking people what their general history with the movie or franchise is, but I'm going to do a slight twist on that. I'm going to start with you, Joe. Do you remember the first time you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark? As a matter of fact, Tanner, yes, I do. So I want to say I was maybe... (laughs) Asshole. (laughs) Anyway, um, I I, want to say I was maybe maybe 12 when I first saw it. It was 12 years old. I want to say it was February of uh, 2008. And I had discovered these movies because when I was younger, I would go onto like movie trailer websites and that's how we would find out about movies. And there was a little movie coming out at the time called Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I knew that these movies existed And I was like, oh, well, there's a new one that's actually going to come out in theaters. I might as well get on these already and watch them because my grandma had the VHS tapes of the original three. So I had like a whole weekend or it was like an after school thing where I would just watch all three Indiana Jones films. And I would actually watch them repeatedly. Yeah, 2008, sometime in February, that was my first exposure to Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I have been a fan ever since. You loved it? Do you feel the excitement, the emotions of it ever since? Oh, absolutely. Even as a wee little boy, you went, Indiana Jones. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Those movies, when I was a kid growing up, they were the most exciting things ever. And boy, oh boy, was I excited to see that fourth one. But that's not what we're talking about. Austin, do you remember the first time you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark? No, no, I don't. You know what? That's fair. <laughs> as far back as I can tell of the memories I've been able to salvage, because I don't know about you all, but I can't remember most of what happened to me in grade school or middle school. And those, those are just deleted now. But as far back as I can remember, it was in a high school film studies class hosted by our, our drama department lead, Tina Krogan. I, I got a weird thing with this movie. I always forget what happens in it. Like, we all know the boulder. We all know, like, the ending with the arc. But I always forget what happens in between. So it's always like I'm watching Raiders for the first time. Every time I go up to see Raiders, I'm like, well, fuck. How are they going to get out of this? 
And uh, last night was the first time I got to see it in 4K, which was really cool. But yeah, I have a nasty habit of just forgetting this movie. Uh, But every time I do watch Raiders, I always go, holy shit, this is rolling. This is just lightning in a bottle. I'm always blown away every single time, and it just feels new. I, I don't know why this movie has a special effect on me, but... Yeah, it's been it's been a long journey with the uh, watching Raiders over and over again, like some kind of tale of Sisyphus. This was actually the original script for Fifty First Dates. It was originally a movie about a guy that forgets about Raiders every time he sees it. So each time he watches it, it's like he's watching it for the first time again. Austin, you are Adam Sandler in this scenario. <laughs> this is anti-Semitism. I disagree. I disagree, Gary. Tim, do you remember the last time you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark? I do remember the last time I saw it. That was on Thursday. <laughs> it was it was just a couple days ago. The first time you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, so this was one of those movies that I didn't watch it as a kid. It was just not one that we ever had or one that we ever rented. I think it was either late high school or right around the time I was starting college that my parents got the like trilogy box set on DVD, which they owned very briefly and ended up giving away at some point. But I watched Raiders during the brief window of time that we had the DVD set. It was one of those things where it was really interesting because it was one of those things where you have seen the movie referenced in so many different things. And it's just, Picking up on all those things, just like, oh, that was that was what that thing was from. Really, what it really was, was I watched a lot of Family Guy in middle school, and it was like, oh, Family Guy referenced this part. Family Guy referenced that part. Oh, they did the, they did the Staff of Raw thing. They did the airplane chopping the guy up bit. They did all these things. The one scene that I remember seeing in a different context was, like, they used a clip from the movie in an episode of The Daily Show. I don't remember what they were doing, but they are just, like, showing clips from movies, and they showed the clip of the glasses Nazi's face getting melted, which that, that stuck with me, and I was just like, I need to see whatever thing that was from. That is a classic scene, and I'll, we'll have a lot to say about that ending, I'm sure, when we get right down into it, but my first time watching Raiders, this is going to be a funny story. I do have distinct memories of watching Raiders for the first time, but Raiders wasn't actually my first Indiana Jones movie. I have more distinct memories of the first time I saw my first Indiana Jones movie, which was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, fuck. To this day, I still really enjoy Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but I remember the first time I watched it and there was this fun sort of swashbuckling adventure film with this cool old guy who's like, oh, my son, he's from the Transformers movies. <laughs> and it was like really like, oh, whoa. And this like woman, she's like 55, but she's making me feel things that I'm 10. And um, <laughs> so watching King of the Crystal I was like, whoa, this is cool. This is exciting. Wow. Fast forward three years later, I finally go, man. I remember that King of the Crystal Skull do Hickey really well. I'm going to watch these other in- India Jones movies because I, I, I miss... I, I, for some reason, when I was a kid, I said India Jones a lot. I feel like that's somehow insensitive. Apparently, you also said doohickey a lot as a kid. Well, I never stopped saying doohickey. That's a perpetual <laughs> thing, baby. Doohickey, doohickey, doohickey. Watch this doohickey. <laughs> so I rewatch... I, I, not rewatch, but I watched Raiders for the first time. 
It's really cool. It's fun. It's exciting. There's all this cool camera work. And I remember being like, oh, 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 this is, oh a movie. Oh. It's, it's fun. It's frightening. It's thrilling. It's, it's everything you wanted a fun summer action blockbuster movie. And I was just, I was hooked immediately. I binged the rest of the movies right away. And I was in love. But Raiders holds a special place in everyone's heart. Because, yeah, maybe some of us like sequels more, and we'll get into that later. But Raiders is always the first. Raiders is always the first one. The most magical one. It's one of the most influential blockbusters ever made. It's made by a total master of the craft. This is our first time talking about Spielberg on the podcast, which that's really cool. It was love at first sight. You remember your first kiss? I feel like there are two important significant events in every young man's life. Your first kiss and the first time you watch Raiders. <laughs> These are two equally important events in my mind. And <laughs> watching Raiders for the first time, I think maybe not just for young men, but for young everybody. Men, women, and everyone inside and outside the gender binary spectrum. Because, of course, as we love to do, I rewatched the movie yesterday for the podcast. I got to introduce my little sister to it, which was really cool. She was a huge fan uh, she's 13, so same age I was when I watched Raiders for the first time, and she was enthralled by it. This is one of the few times where my dad and I pretty much shut the hell up, because even movies we like, when dad and I have our movie nights, we kind of talk smack about them a little bit because it's fun, you know? <laughs> You're like, oh, silly, silly thing, like how, oh, man, 80s movies are a lot like video games. Explosives are in big red containers and will blow up if you just jostle them a little. We pretty much shut up during Raiders because it's such a fun, enthralling, enchanting, incredible experience. Oh, my God. It's exciting. It's fun. It's thrilling. It's all those adverbs I've already said four times. Those aren't adverbs, are they? I, Despite uh, doing well in English class, I still don't know what adverbs are. Um... <laughs> Raiders is just such an amazingly perfect action blockbuster, and I love it so, so very much. You get to see Andy Jones. He's got the whip. He does his whip things. He has a gun. He shoots people. He drives. He does all these cool, crazy stunts. Harrison Ford did most of his own stunts. Isn't that fucking insane? Holy shit. And there's so many amazing, amazing things I want to talk about in this movie. It's almost hard to know where to begin. Joe. Yes. Tell me. Uh, from what I understand, you told me you did something a little differently in preparation for this podcast. So tell us that and then tell us what do you think about Raiders? Yes. Um, so I did something a little different because normally I try to watch the movies before we talk about whatever we're talking about on the podcast. Whether I do it like an hour before we shoot the podcast or I do it like days in advance. This one I I did not feel like I need to actually sit down and watch this because – I've seen this so many goddamn times that I almost know it by heart. It was one of those movies that I would just have on repeat because, I mean, it's a great movie. You just want to watch it again and again. It's one of those kinds of movies. I did not feel like I had to sit down and rewatch it because it's just that ingrained in my, in my memory. What do you think of Raiders of the Lost Ark, Joe? As far as, like, what I think of it, I think it's easily one of the greatest action movies ever made. That movie just hits the ground running. It starts off with a little great mystery. You have no idea who this group of people is. And then you get like that really cool reveal of Indiana Jones, get that first temple, and then quick setup of what he's going after in the movie. And then it's just action, action, discovery all the way through. This movie has probably some of the greatest pacing in any action movie I've ever seen. Heck, even the action, like, 
you're on the edge of your seat every time because one of the great things that everybody talks about this movie is Indiana Jones is just a regular guy. Like, he gets his ass kicked. He gets winded easily. So watching him just, like, get the shit kicked out of him as, like, he's fighting in, like, an airfield and there's, like, plane propellers coming towards him, you fear for this guy. Like, that's how great the action in this movie is. Yeah, and like you said, we know it's Harrison Ford did all of his own stunts. And I, I do love how uninvincible Indiana Jones feels. He is very much he gets his ass handed to him like a little like a like all the fucking time. Every like you think, oh, he's he's not this invincible superhero. He's just really fucking lucky. Like, holy shit, that one buff German guy was totally gonna kill him. That one buff German guy was gonna kick his ass until that airplane got him. I still think the greatest example of that is in the later car chase sequence. When he's trying to get to the wheel of the car, it's like he's on top of it. And and there's the thing that uh, emulates Stagecoach, the Stagecoach tribute. Yes. So it's like he's he's at the wheel of the car. He's finally got it. This one Nazi is like crawling his way up to the top, shoots him in the arm, throws him out the front windshield, and he's trying to hold on to the front of the car. The thing fucking breaks, so he just goes under the car. That whole sequence just looks incredibly dangerous. Like him crawling under the car, something had happened there. Then he's holding on to his whip uh, as the car is just like dragging him. Then he has to crawl his way back up, fight his way back to that. Dr- that is the perfect example of just having just an average Joe having to like overcome like almost impossible odds. I think you. it's interesting you point out that scene is the perfect microcosm of the movie. For me, the perfect microcosm of the movie is the opening scene, which I argue is almost effective as its own short film. I feel like you could slice that opening out and, and release it on its own, and it works. Austin, what do you think about Raiders overall? I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> he already forgot. He already doesn't know. His face just slowly starts morphing into Adam Sandler. Um, watching this again last night, what was weird is you often bring up on the sh- this show the Seinfeld isn't funny effect, where the originator <laughs> of trends and styles, like the original piece of media that causes all of the knockoffs, uh, sometimes can get mistaken for being a lesser piece of media because it was the first there. Yeah. This doesn't do that because it, no, it doesn't. It has a strange structure to it. Indiana doesn't get the treasure in the opening scene. Indiana's girlfriend gets killed for a second, or so you think. Indiana Jones gets shot in the shoulder. Indiana Jones gets captured and loses the treasure. It's so odd because this screenplay constantly has Indy like losing and getting trapped in situations that like heroes who are written by worse writers would not have gotten trapped into. And that's what makes it really fucking thrilling is that it's just consistently like, oh, you think we're going to do this? You think we're going to make him like this invincible bastard? Nope. He's in it again. Indiana Jones is very fallible. And uh, that's that's sort of one of the things that lends to the magic of the movie is I don't think they were just making a story about some invincible douchebag. They were making a story about a lovable douchebag. And uh, that's that's sort of what sticks out about it. It also blows my mind now having like read the production notes for the podcast that this could have been a bigger movie, if not for a movie nobody's ever seen. The reason that they were kept on a leash and a lot of the production stuff for this happened was Steven Spielberg's 1941. 1941. It went over budget and it went over schedule. So Spielberg talking to all the producers trying to make this movie was just put on the tightest fucking leash. They had like a 73 day shooting schedule 
usual and half the usual amount of time for pre-production. And oh my God, the Wikipedia page for like production notes on this. I can't believe that this movie came out of that mess. This is like fucking insane. It feels like dark magic. It feels like the Nazis left such a crater on the earth that this was like Yahweh's way of getting back at them. It's like, okay, you guys killed six million Jews, but you know what? Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. We're going to give this Jewish guy just like all the passes. We're going to give him one of the most powerful films ever made. Uh, We're going to give him like the most famous action adventure film just to get back at Hitler. Fuck you, Adolf. He was skating by on Jew magic. (laughs) And then they're like, oh, Indiana Jones wasn't enough enough for you. Boom. Schindler's List. Fuck Nazis. Anyway, I think it's interesting you talk about the production schedule 73 days and spielberg delivered it on time and from what i understand on budget i'm not under budget just the way nolan intended nolan baby nolan baby (laughs) not under budget but on budget which is insane because just reading about the well of soul scene alone holy shit so many fucking things went wrong when they were filming well of soul things that i don't know where to start Let's talk about um, the fact that um, when the first assistant director, David Tomlin, was wrangling some of the snakes, got bit by one of them, and he just, he didn't freak out. He just calmly asked someone to grab the python and whip it so the force would make the snake let go. And he did that, and he got his medical attention, so he didn't, like, fucking die. Or what about the fact that uh, Marion's stunt double, Karen Allen's stunt double, refused to do the scene, so... I believe one of Harrison Ford's stunt doubles did it instead, and he shaved his legs for it, which is so, like, what? Absolutely insane. Or the fact that Steven Spielberg confirmed that um, when they were filming that scene, he got nauseous. He got actively sick because of how many snakes there were. And I'm not afraid of snakes, but that made me nauseous. That made me want to puke. And even though a lot of them were mechanical snakes, and the most insane thing about the Well of Souls scene to me is so fun fact they were filming that on a sound stage which was the same sound stage where stanley kubrick apparently built the hotel for the shining stanley kubrick's daughter vivian came to set saw the way the snakes were being treated and called the fucking royal society for prevention of cruelty to animals which shut down shooting for a few days Oof. vivian kubrick fucked up production of the movie which, you know, just further proves that The Shining is the ultimate cursed movie. Uh. Also, Kubrick is the anti-Spielberg. He's the big art film guy. Spielberg is the big accessible films guy. They were always supposed yeah. to fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're they're at ultimate odds. Which is why, like, over, like, two decades later, Spielberg would try to emulate Kubrick and fail. Blah, 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 AI, blah, 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 AI. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah. So it's insane this movie got made. It's insane this movie fucking exists with how many goddamn production issues there were. Tim, we're finally getting to you. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> what do you think of Raiders overall? Oh, my God, he has a gun. What do you think Wait. of Raiders, Tim? <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really good. It's a very good classic action adventure I would say it's my favorite of the Indiana Jones films. I I still have not watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I probably won't, but I kind of want to. Watch it. It's good. <laughs> it's a fine film. I, I, I think it gets a little bit too much hate, but it's not the best. It's better than Temple of Doom. Fuck y'all. I agree. That's, that's probably true. Temple of Doom was not great. It's my dad's favorite, though. <laughs> Ooh, Temple of Doom is. And he said uh, Short Round is his favorite Indiana Jones character. I don't know what to make of my father. 
<laughs> My father's a very strange man. When we were watching this movie, he pointed out how cool the map is because Israel isn't on it, only Palestine is. And he called Israel Bully Israel, so go, Dad. There we go. Last year, during all of the uh, COVID stuff, I was going to the Skyview Drive-In, not weekly, but probably like semi-weekly. I was going like every other week they would have some double feature that I'd be up for. And one of them was Raiders and Temple of Doom, which I had not seen Temple of Doom or Last Crusade yet. And so I was like, hey, I'll watch a movie I know is good and also the sequel. And I, I would say that Raiders definitely benefits from the theatrical experience. It's definitely a, like, it's a big adventure and you really get engrossed into it when you're watching like the boulder and the chase and a fucking Nazi melting. Uh, it's just all, it's all very good. Yeah, no, it is all very good. Indiana Jones is such an amazing movie, which I, I also want to shout out uh, the MVP of the movie in my mind, which is John Reese's Davis character, Sala, absolute MVP. He steals basically every scene he's in. He's this big, jolly, like, I want to see him play Santa Claus. I don't know, man. He's this big, jolly guy who's like, oh, my friend. Like, I, I don't know. I almost did a racism there by impersonating his voice too much, but... Um, <laughs> absolute MVP. I love Sala. I love Raiders. I know I already gave my piece, but there's so much more I want. It's fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark. Can you blame me? There's so much I want to say. It's Raiders. It's Raiders, they say, as they take me away to the mental asylum. It's Raiders! <laughs> Raiders! 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 Nobody feel the Raiders! Made the same week joke twice in the joke. Those are words. Let's move on, because I think there is a very, very uh, crucial point to making Raiders works. And that is the lead actor of the movie... Karen Allen. Nope. Harrison Ford. That's right, baby. Harrison Ford's the lead actor of this movie, which, again, is another one of those fucking insane things, considering he was cast three weeks before they started shooting. That is awfully close to be close to shooting and not actually have your lead actor cast yet. It hurts. Harrison Ford had a legendary run. Han Solo, Deckard, Indiana fucking Jones. He was in the conversation. Like, if you look at his Wikipedia article for like 70s to 80s, it's just like nothing but hits. It looks like Rob De Niro's. It's fucking crazy. Up until like a year or two ago, I believe he had he was the actor that had the highest box office receipts of all time. I think he has since been since surpassed by Sam Jackson. But Harrison Ford does blockbusters, baby. It's interesting you bring up Deckard because fun fact, he got the part in Blade Runner because test prints of this film made its way around to Ridley Scott, and Ridley Scott said, that's my Decker. Before this, uh, from what I understand, they were in talks with... Tom Selleck? No, 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 not Indiana Jones for Blade Runner, but it doesn't matter. Okay. But it's interesting you bring up Tom Selleck, because Tom Selleck was Spielberg's first choice for Indiana Jones. There is a screen test, I discovered this today, of him as Indiana Jones in the outfit. Full mustache. It looks goofy as shit. It looks like Tom Selleck wearing an Indiana Jones Halloween costume. But you got to think, there's an alternate universe in there where he's not forced to do Magnum P.I. And instead, we got a worse version of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> it's just a worst universe in general. Magnum P.I. isn't as good, and Raiders isn't as good. 
Yeah, there's a picture on the Wikipedia article about Tom Selleck not taking the role, and it has a very deliberately chosen photo of Tom Selleck scowling. <laughs> he just looks up. Mm. Tom Selleck was not the only actor that was almost uh, Indiana Jones. Lightning round. Paul Lamont, Christopher Guest, Bruce Bachter, Barry Boswick, Sam Elliott, Mark Common, Nick Masisco, Peter Coyote, John Calvin, Michael Bean, Sham Shepard, and David fucking Hasselhoff. We're all in talks to be Indiana Jones at some point, and I want to live in the world where the Hoffs, the Indiana Jones, man. Give me Baywatch Indy. That's what I fucking want, man. I want Sam Elliott Indy. Sam Elliott Indy is just, like, a lot slower. <laughs> I, I, I'm more baffled that you said Christopher Guest was in talks. That That's insane to me. He was. So many insane actors. And even though Harrison Ford seems like the obvious choice for the movie— George Lucas was really against casting him because he knew that Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese had this like reputation of Scorsese always picking his boy, Bobby. Like George Lucas did not want this to be a a De Niro Scorsese thing. He wanted, he like respected and loved Ford, but he didn't want it to be like a that thing. But thank God we did it so we could have 1981's highest grossing picture star Harrison fucking Ford. What more can you say? Homophobic jokes must have been vicious in the 80s if he just didn't want Harrison Ford. <laughs> it was all homophobia. They're like, I'm not... George Lucas is just like, I'm not gay. I, I'm not gay. I'm not gonna cast Harrison Ford. Hey, it's me, George Lucas, Joe Frenick. What do you think of Harrison Ford in Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> well, George George Lucas. Out. Dad, I got your voucher. Out! <laughs> all right, I gotta... Tell me. Well, thank you, George Lucas, for uh, for all that. Um, Harrison Ford in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ah, uh, man. Okay, so I can't remember which magazine it was. I think it, it might be Empire that listed Indiana Jones as the greatest movie character ever made. And I think a lot of that does have to do with the casting of that character. Because when you read this character on paper, like, you need the absolute, like, perfect actor for it. You need someone who can play a badass. You need someone who can crack jokes. You need a guy with charisma who can be stoic when needed. You need a guy who can, like, convey all of these things. And Harrison Ford is, like this perfect combination just to make magic happen. That's the thing. I, I have a hard time thinking of any character that's, like, cooler than Indiana Jones. I think even Empire Magazine agrees. I think the only other character that can rival that is another Harrison Ford character, Han Solo. Like, it's just that hard to top Harrison Ford. <laughs> He's also the star of the movie. If, if that character does not work, the movie doesn't work. Thank God he works. Austin, what do you think of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones? Yeah, it is kind of magic to describe. Um, He's got to be like this really rough character who can say really like, you know, grizzled shit. And then like once it gets to a scene where he's not under the in the immediate like threat of death. We have to, like, care for him still. I, I think he also looks a lot like a hot professor, which makes it very believable. Um, that scene where, uh, in the beginning, uh, they have all the female students just doing the same pose. By the way, one guy in the background. This, this movie is bi-friendly. Yeah. There's one guy doing that. 
<laughs> that guy's definitely at least bi, if not flat out gay. Happy Pride Month! I, I, I think it's that strange, uh, he's like a physically fit stoner that was what made Indiana Jones magic because it's that weird, like, looks like he does illegal shit and also really still, like, has the energy and motivation to work out and look tough. It, it's just some kind of magic combination that makes it work for Harrison Ford because he says some, he says and does some vile shit in this movie. Not really reprehensible, just stuff where it's like, this guy has questionable ass morals. You do not like question it at all. He manages to make you go with it all the way. The the villain, Belloc, gives him the Joker speech at one point in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going through their minds with this perfect casting, but as far as analysis, all I can say is he's just super lovable and he looks like he kicks ass. That is true. Tim, as a Harrison Ford's son, what do you think of your father's performance in Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, I mean, Dad was doing pretty good, I guess I'd say. It's it's hard to really say anything about that because just it's it is him. It, like <laughs> it, it's it's one of those things where it's just like it, it's as long as I've been alive, Harrison Ford has been Indiana Jones. Well, even even longer than that. It's, one of those timeline constants. It, yeah, I don't. I I can't physically imagine him being played by someone else. It just doesn't work in my brain. I feel the same way. It's every single universe where Indiana Jones exists, Harrison Ford plays him. Even ones where Harrison Ford isn't born. He like comes out of the, he comes from space to play Indy. Well, it's like asking, what do you think of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? Or what do you think of Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool? It's like when they were writing the script, they were just observing him walking around in the room. They're like, what would you do? Yeah. It's just like, what do you think of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones? Correct. Yep. Like it's 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 hard to say. I honestly I feel dumb writing that question down now because it's such a no duh moment. I kind of want to talk about a few things real quickly. Number one, can we just talk about the ending shit real quick? Because that shit rules. Sure. That ending is fucking incredible. First off, some of the greatest practical effects ever put to film. The way the guys' face blow up, which, by the way, they had an R rating until they covered up Belloc's face head exploding with, like, a bunch of filters. Uh, The way they got... The way they shot those, they fucking put mannequins underwater and shot it with a fuzzy lens to make those, like, little ghost beard things. Uh, The melting of Tote's head was done by using a, a wax and a heat lamp. It's so like, whoa, there's so much yeah. cool stuff going on there, and it looks incredible. It and looks so cool. I think that is one of the things that's really interesting about this movie, because like this this movie and like Jaws and Gremlins, those are the reasons the PG-13 rating exists. Because it's just yeah. like, this isn't quite enough for an R. We can't let kids watch this. Yeah, it was. this was like the start of that kind of thing. Question for the forum. Austin. Do, do you... Do you think that boomers are all high and mighty and think their shit doesn't stink partially because their PG movies were so much cooler than current PG movies? I, oh. You know what? Probably PG movies were cooler before PG-13 existed. Fucking liberals. We talk about the 80s PG a lot and we don't give enough credit to the 60s, 70s G because fucking 2001 A Space Odyssey and... Planet of the Apes, a rated G. Yeah. That's insane to me. <laughs> it's because back in the day, G and PG, these like meant very different things. Yeah. It was just, what can all kids watch? I mean, what's so objectable in 2001? Nothing really. So I guess it makes sense that it's rated G, but it just, 
I feel like that movie's just rated R nowadays, and I, I can't explain why. Maybe PG-13, but it definitely wouldn't get a G or PG again. Right. I almost feel like movie boards now, like, take into account the intensity of themes when rating the movie, which is kind of dumb, but it's the only way I can explain the way it's changed over time. Somebody gets shredded with a fucking propeller blade, and this is just yeah. like, oh yeah, bring your kid, any age, as long as the parent's there. Who cares? Drag a five-year-old. Meanwhile, fun fact about that airplane, fun fact about that airplane scene, there's a shot where Harrison Ford rolled his ankle, starting a long and illustrious life of getting injured by airplanes for Mr. Ford and flying aircraft in general, because Lord knows he's done that a lot. Remember, I'm pretty sure two Star Wars movies got delayed because he hurt himself crashing an airplane that he was flying. God damn it. I, I definitely know Force Awakens got delayed because of it. Yeah. Anyone else have something to say about the ending scene? Because, again, I feel like we, we haven't brought it up yet, so we should talk about it. Uh, just, just a quick thing. Uh, not Spunks, fuck off. There we go. Nazis do not fuck. Nazis suck. One of the things I, I read about with the ending scene and the whole crazy optical printing job was that the uh, ghost lady who turns into Skull Lady, I think that was a receptionist at Lucasfilm. No, <laughs> they just grabbed this lady, and it's like, okay, you're gonna be you're gonna be the specter of death straight from hell. And in the original script for a long time, uh, like to just sum up that scene as a visual guide, it just said the sentence, "All hell breaks loose." That was what they loosely had to go by. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, I love the receptionist. I just want to be, I want, Spielberg walks up to him and is like, hey, I'm a hot shit director. You want to be in my movie? <laughs> because that's how you get girls to be in your movie. I love Crossed Off. <laughs> that would work on some woman in the 80s. Like, hey, do you want to be the specter of death straight out of the Ark of the Covenant? It's like, I pick up the phones. <laughs> I'll give you $300. Yes, sir, Mr. Spielberg. <laughs> All right. I feel like we would be irresponsible to not bring this up a little bit, though. I'm surprised it didn't come up naturally. But you sort of tapped into it because you called Indiana Jones a douchebag, quote unquote. Yeah, by modern standards, I guess. This By modern standards, too. But also, Marion, the love interest in the movie. There's a history there. And Marion explicitly says, I was a child and it was wrong. I was a child. I was in love. It was wrong and you knew it. Yo, Indy. It was the 50s. It was a different time. It, it, was, the, it was like the 30s, actually. Yeah, it was the 30s. It was a terribly different time. It was very yeah, the different. <laughs> the fucking funny thing is that she was supposed to be like, what, 16, 16, 17 implied? Lucas wanted her to be even younger for some fucking reason. Lucas was just like, yo, dog, what if she was 11? And I'm a Spielberg and... Kasdan. It was it was Lawrence Kasdan. It was Kasdan, Spielberg, and Lucas talking about this, and Lucas is like, yo, what if she's like 11? And, and Spielberg and Kasdan are like, what the fuck are you talking about, George? <laughs> we want people to like this guy. We want to make him complicated. We don't want to make him a fucking monster. <laughs> a lot of people had really dumb ideas for this script before we got the final one. Like, I think Lucas almost wa also wanted to make him like a kung fu badass. Like, he just knew kung fu was his thing. He wanted him to be a kung fu badass. He wanted him to basically be James Bond. He wanted him to be Indiana Smith. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a couple of things. It was his wife at the time, Marcia Lucas, had a dog named Nebraska Smith or something like that. I thought that was... Based off of an old TV show. Yeah. Wasn't that a role by Steve McQueen back in the day? Yeah. And George and Marcia was like, what if we named him Indiana Smith? And Spielberg's like, that sounds fucking stupid. What about Indiana Jones? And all three came together in agreement because, uh, you know, history was pulling them towards destiny. It was a stroke of fate. 
lightning in a bottle, just like I believe I, I believe Austin said this. This movie is fucking lightning in the bottle. Uh, another thing about the India as a douchebag thing, he used kids as a human shield, <laughs> which is great. Oh, yeah. There's, just, there's a scene where he's just surrounded on all sides by men with guns, and that's perfect timing. It's just, Uncle Eddie, come home. <laughs> it's just surrounded to by be fair, To be fair, that was more Salah, or, oh my God, John Reese Davis's character being like, yo, go protect him. And then there's a deleted scene where John Reese Davis shat his pants, and apparently that didn't make the final cut. Rest in peace, a regin soiled his pants for a move, for a scene that didn't even make the cut. Pour one out for my boy, John Reese's Davis's pants. This was the movie that broke Spielberg. Like, there was one shoot, I believe, where Spielberg was saying, I want to go home. Like, the most legendary director. <laughs> guy who pulled off tons of movies. Huge feats. And then there was one day of filming on this where he was like, Mom, help. Is, is it the same day that I'm thinking of? Uh, from what I understand, Tunisia sucked. Tunisia? Probably. Yeah, we're, half we're, the movie was shot in Tunisia. I feel like yeah, because I was because I know uh, at some point a lot of people on that like crew like got dysentery, and were either like vomitly sh- violently shitting or violently vomiting. Like it, it was a mix of the two. That's actually how we got one of the most iconic scenes of the movie. Is there was supposed to be a big action scene with the sword guy, the, the infamous sword guy scene. Um, there was supposed to be like a long drawn out sequence, but because Harrison Ford had to take a really big stinky poo poo, he just pulled out the gun, shot him, and then they just kept it in the movie. So fun fact about that stuff in Tunisia in general, almost everyone in the cast and crew got sick, with one notable exception, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and he attributes the fact that he avoided illness because he ate the only food he brought with him. Which apparently when he came to Tunisia, he just brought just an absurd amount of SpaghettiOs. He just only ate out of SpaghettiO cans. And that was the only thing he ate while while they were filming in Tunisia. Because I guess Spielberg's like the pickiest mother fucking eater on the planet. But hey, it worked because he didn't get sick. Began getting sick. I didn't get sick because I subsisted on canned food from the UK that I just literally opened my cans. And sometimes cold had my breakfast, lunch and dinner from canned food. So I guess, you know, he won. He ultimately won. Can't go wrong with SpaghettiOs. Picky eaters for the win. I can't believe they got a monkey to do the sick aisle. <laughs> so fun fact, that was George Lucas's idea. That was George Lucas's idea. He's like, what if the what if the uh, monkey did the Hitler salute? And uh, that was also one of the second unit shots that George Lucas directed. He's not credited in the movie, but George Lucas was a second unit director on the movie. Fun fact, that monkey, voiced by Frank Welker. Really? Didn't he do the monkey in Aladdin? Yeah, he also did the monkey in Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> this was his first monkey role. A long and prestigious career playing monkeys in Optimus Prime. Tim. Joe. Austin. Yes. How does Raiders compare to the later Indiana Jones movies, you think? Is it still your favorite? Is it? Is it the cream of the crop? What? What? Joe, how about you? What say you, my friend? Honestly, I would say... Yeah, no, there's no competition. However, I will say this. Last Crusade actually really gives Raiders a run for its money. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a little bit slower, but... I would agree. It's a little bit slower, but with that, you get, like, a lot of character stuff. You have Sean Connery and, like, the rapport between him and Harrison Ford. That's also lightning in a bottle right there. That's, like, the perfect father-son duo, and that's probably why Tanner agrees because oh hey dad movies dad movies for the win dad's rock baby I also want to say that one has a lot more intentional comedy in it 
Like that that one feels more like the action adventure father son comedy movie. If I remember correctly, like there there are more like intentional jokes. X marks the spot. She talks in her sleep. No ticket. Like all those feel intentional. It's very close in terms of topping Raiders. I, I want to say that some of the uh, the visual effects in Last Crusade kind of keep it under Raiders because I think like some of those just don't hold up as well as some of the effects do in Raiders. But yeah, no, Last Crusade that's the closest to like topping Raiders. Unfortunately, the other two are nowhere close. Here's the thing. It's like kind of like the Mission Impossible movies. I don't hate the sequels. I just don't find them as good. And that's kind of why Indiana Jones is under for me because two and four, their, their weaker moments are much weaker than anything in Mission Impossible two or three. I would say four is the better one. Two fails because Willie. Willie Scott is one of the worst characters ever. That's all I, that's all I will say about it. Tim. What do you think of, uh, how do you think it compares to the sequels? My thoughts are more or less the same as Joe's. Like, I, I would say that it's probably my favorite, and three is a close second. I, I did like Last Crusade a lot. I think that one had a lot going for it. It was a very well-balanced one, I would say. And then two was just, it was too much goofiness, too much weird racial humor, what are you talking about? Short Lound is my favorite father's character. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 it did have some like cool moments in it, but I would say it's much weaker than the other two that I've seen. I still have not seen Crystal Skull, so I can't say anything about it. But yeah, overall, uh, Raiders is probably my favorite of the original trilogy for sure. And Last Crusade is also very good. All right. Austin told me before recording that his favorite Indiana Jones movie is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. And that he's a big Crystal Skull defender. Well, you see, um, on the on the subreddit, Crystal Skull memes, uh, you'll see a lot of these proliferated throughout Facebook. When I'm not playing Fortnite, I'm seeing memes about Mutt. I'm seeing memes about Shia LaBeouf. Because I know all these old people grew up with Indiana Jones movies, but, like, you gotta say, Crystal Skull is superior. We've got revisionist takes now. I think that everything George Lucas made when he revived his old properties is just better. I, I mean, I th- this isn't even a controversial take. When me and my friends are hanging around with our fidget spinners, we just know that the, the revival of these properties are superior. Um, yeah, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, the, the ones that they made later with all the CGI are just better. Uh, you guys need to, like, get out of the past. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. And we got them. So, my favorite uh, Indiana Jones movie is Last Crusade, but Raiders is a close second. Yeah, so now on to everyone's favorite section of the podcast. You know it. I know it. You love it. We all love it. It's pizza time. <laughs> it's Joe talks about the OC hour. There we go. I'm going to band. <laughs> band. Band. Banners. <laughs> Trivia corner. <laughs> I originally had eight pages of trivia. You might have noticed throughout this podcast, I keep looking to my side because I'm trying to try and get through as much as I can before now. I have a bunch of rapid fire shit to throw at you guys, right? If you have a response, one sentence at the most. Bunch of rapid fire shit. Number one, during the truck chase scene, which references stagecoach, uh, the producers wanted to limit on-screen blood from gunshots, so they used a red dust. Unfortunately, the only red dust available to use for scripts was chai and pepper. 
or cayenne pepper. That just, all, the stunt crew just had a lot of suffering that day. Spicy. Spicy boy. At the time, Harrison Ford was married to a woman named Melissa Matheson. Between shooting breaks of the movie, Steven Spielberg and Melissa Matheson co-wrote a script together. This script would eventually be called E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Whoa. <laughs> yep. E.T. was written between uh, filming the Indiana Jones movie. How cool is that? Speaking of the script, they added a line to the script at the last second, which was when Dietrich says, I am uncomfortable with this Jewish ritual. Because after they read through the script, they realized not once did the Nazis talk about hating Jews. And they're like, oh, well, we need to fix that. I mean, that's barely even a part of the Nazi persona. Nazis have lots of diverse interests. (laughs) Nazis have diverse, you know, they diversify. Alfred Molina, a.k.a. Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2. It's his first credited film role. Let's go. He's in the movie. He has a fucking knife slit through his head. That's pretty intense. And his first scene was the shot with the spiders. Yep, that's correct. That is the first thing they shot was that spider stuff. Ooh, baby. Welcome to films. Welcome to filmmaking. Here are a bunch of tarantulas. (laughs) I love the Holy Mountain. The sound design. The sound design of the movie is incredible. I'm surprised we didn't tap upon it before. But there's a lot of cool stories about the sound design. All the body blows. That was created by hitting a pile of leather jackets with a baseball bat. When they created the sound of the arc being slid open, that was the sound designer moving the open the lid of his toilet cistern. You know that thing at the top of your toilet? He moved that. That's the sound of the arc. The arc's a toilet. So much poop in one movie. To achieve the sound of... (laughs) Pooped his pants, a bunch of people almost soiled themselves, Harrison Ford had to make poopy. You should call this Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Poo. Raiders of the Lost Toilet. To achieve the sound of thousands of snakes... (laughs) That's better. Raiders of the Lost Shart. Oh, awesome, got it. The sound of thousands of snakes slithering... Ben Burt, the sound designer of the movie, did that by sticking his fingers into a cheese casserole and then augmenting it by applying wet sponges to the grip tape of a skateboard. The sound of Jones' pistol is actually a 30-30 Winchester rifle. That's the sound it's making is of a rifle, not a pistol. And finally, at the beginning of the scene, apparently when the engine starts in that airplane at the beginning, that is the same sound that the Millennium Falcon's hyperdrive engine uses. It's all connected, baby. John Williams wrote two themes for the movie. Spielberg loved both of them so much that Williams combined them and that became the iconic Raiders March theme. How cool is that? You know what else is cool? Concept art. Early concept art for the movie depicted that guy with the hat as uh, having a mechanical arm that also doubled as a machine gun and a radio antenna built into his head. George Lucas dismissed the idea as being too far-fetched. George Lucas would also famously force Spielberg to introduce aliens into the franchise. Speaking of concept art, instead of bringing on his usual collaborator of Ralph McQuarrie, George Lucas brought on Martis artist Jim Steranko, who is an incredible Marvel artist. He has done a lot of great illustrations. He's amazing. Opening scene based off of an old Donald Duck cartoon. Indy's leather jacket was brand new and it had to be artificially aged for the costume department. There were 10 of them. His hat, he had a custom-made hat that better covered his eyes for protection and to cover up stunt doubles. And finally, the jacket and hat were designed by Deborah Nautomon Landis, who also designed the iconic red and black jacket for Michael Jackson's Thriller music video. Steven Spielberg originally offered the role of that black-hatted Nazi to a Roman Polanski. Thank God that didn't happen. The guy who did the map painting at the end of the movie for the Top Men scene, he designed the Disney logo that's been used since 2006. Top Men! 
Kathleen Kennedy, this is one of her first works on a movie. She was an associate to Mr. Spielberg. The next year she would produce E.T. And now she is the president of Lucasfilm. Steven Spielberg cast the incredible Karen Allen in the movie after seeing her in Animal House, the National Lampoon movie. Because of his commitment to this movie, Harrison Ford was unable to do the NPR radio adaptation of Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. The role was instead taken over by Perry King, who was one of the people that auditioned for Han Solo but didn't get it. Perry King's performance in the radio drama is incredible. This is the final thing I wanted to bring up, and I'm shocked I didn't bring this up. Uh, during that last scene where Harrison Ford is threatening the Nazis with a rocket launcher, a fly fucking flies into the villain's mouth. According to urban legend, he's followed it. This is not true. Steven Spielberg cut that shot off a few seconds early so you never see the fly fly out of his mouth. Uh, and I just think that's fucking hilarious. The final body count of the movie, 64 people, quote, including the monkey. I need to be wanted to specify that that number included the monkey. So yeah, overall, any departing thoughts on Raiders of the Lost Ark? Joe, I'll start with you. Oh boy, this has been a tough, tough podcast because what else is there to say about this There's movie? So the, the, like everything that has been said about this movie has already been said because it's that beloved of a movie. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's all I can say. If you've not seen it, you're probably the only one who hasn't. Check it out, man. Austin? I think the definition of timeless is when you make when we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of a movie set 40 years from before it was produced. This this Indiana <laughs> Jones, he doesn't just find the Ark of the Covenant. He doesn't just find the Temple of Doom. He he travels through time as that guy in the hat with the whip that everybody just fucking loves. And this movie rules. Tim, departing thoughts. It's good. <laughs> good. It's good. It's good. Bruce Almighty posting, real homies. Raiders of the Lost Ark is a fucking incredible movie. It is such a wonderful, wonderful movie. It is one of the best action blockbusters ever made. And seriously, watch it. You're going to love it. Speaking of love, I love you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this on any of the audio platforms you're on, or if you're watching this, thank you very much for watching it. Now that you're here, go ahead, go down in that comment section below and let us know. What do you think of Raiders of the Lost Ark? What's your favorite Indiana Jones movie? Do you want us to cover the rest of the Indiana Jones movies? Comment below. Let me know. And while you're down there, I want you to go ahead and hit that like button so I know how much you like us. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so I know how much you love us. And hit that bell icon so you know exactly when we upload our videos. Thank you so very much for watching, guys, and I will see you next time. Farewell. Peace, bitches.